many years ago, I was covering a story about a woman who had lost her daughter. And I had to go and try to get her to talk on camera. So it's a very difficult time, right? You don't know how to, how do you manage that? How right. do you navigate that? So what I did was I told my cameraman, at the time you had actual camera people who would come with you and shoot stuff right. for you. And I do it myself. Um, and had him wait in the car. And I went to her house and I said, look, this is the worst time of your life, right? Do you think you might have something to say? And she did. She invited us in. Now, if I had showed up there with the cameraman rolling and doing all that, right. then she wouldn't have wanted to do it. Right. Well, she might not have. Right. So it's just how you treat people makes so much difference. Yeah. Welcome to Media in the Mix, the only podcast produced and hosted by the School of Communication at American University. Join us as we create a safe space to explore topics and communication at the intersection of social justice, tech, innovation, and pop culture. All right, welcome back to Media in the Mix. We are joined again by Derek McGinty. If you don't know, our third episode, it was called Our Time to Give Back. We had Derek on virtually, so we only got to do an audio episode only. Now we're a video episode in the studio. So thank you, Derek, for uh, coming back to Media in the Mix. It is my pleasure to be here. Thank you. And by the way, your episode was one of our top 15 episodes, actually. So we touched on a lot of things. We talked about journalism and your time at SOC and giving back and the so, mentorship so program. how many episodes have you done? At this point, we have like 70. Okay. So I'm in the top 15? Yes. But that counts our older episodes before I joined this job. But to be fair, it's still top 15. So I'll take it. Yeah. that's It counts. It counts. Um, we touched on a lot of things. We talked about the mentorship program. We talked about um, being a mentor, giving back, in addition as well. I'll link our first episode that we did together in the description. So if you haven't um, gotten a chance to listen to it, it's really great. Um, you can go ahead and, and listen to that before this one. Um, but just to remind everyone, so Derek, you're an award-winning journalist, commentator, um, interviewer. But can you remind everyone just a little bit of your time at AUSOC? Um, well, I came here. I was in the class of 1981. So it gets longer and longer the time ago, uh, I guess as time goes on. I um, came to AU, um, it was the only school I applied to. Uh, I came to AU because my father said Willard Scott went here. You know who Willard Scott was? No. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Willard Scott no, was a long time Today Show weatherman. Oh, okay. And he was on there for many years. He used to always have greetings for 100 year old people. That was his kind of his little stick. He would put I their pictures that. up. And stuff. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, so I came here. I was a print major for three years. I thought I was going to be the next, you know, Woodward and Bernstein. Mm -hmm. And then my last year, for various reasons, including the fact that my father said that it was more in my range of talents, I switched to broadcast. And though that made for a very tough year trying to catch up, mm -hmm. um, it was the right decision. And, you know, it kind of obviously helped me help launch my career. I worked for the Eagle for three years. And then the last year, I didn't really have time to do much but work and take core courses because I hadn't had any broadcasting courses. Right. And after graduating, kind of what was the path there? I know things obviously are, well, might be different. Well, I but started as an intern. This is why I always tell mm -hmm. students to get an internship, get as many as you can. Absolutely. Because these weren't great internships, right? I was. I remember... I worked for a woman who was the talent coordinator at Good Morning America. So I okay. was trying to help her book talent, trying to help wow. her book guests for Good Morning America at the time, which was kind of just starting off. It wasn't like it is now. Mm -hmm. And I didn't love it, but I was there. Yeah. So 
there was an opening for a desk assistant um, and it was posted on the wall. Back then, you know, there was, nobody was online. It was literally posted right. on the wall. And I saw it and I went in and asked about it. And I don't remember exactly, but they might have hired me that day. Like, because I was there. Yeah. Right? And that made a lot of difference. And that's why I always tell young people, just be there. Yeah. Be in the mix. Talk to people. Get right. to know people. You right. know, um, because it makes a difference. Yeah. And networking. I know we touched on this last time, sure. but it goes to that that point of networking and just be, being there is better than not being there at all. Well, what so. I always tell them is you got to get your resume out of the pile. Right. Right. You got to figure out a way to at least so because everybody that applying, most of them are qualified. Right. Right. So how do you get them to notice you? Yeah. Because they know your name. Right. right. They've seen your face. Right. right. They know. So that's all. Yeah. That's, that, that makes so much difference. Yeah. And that could be a, a big thing today, too, with the, uh, each job is like a thousand resumes sitting in a, a pile. Well, especially and it, since it's you know, so easy to send them in. Right. Right. You, you, all you have to do is go online and just click on it and send a resume. So there's a million resumes yeah. for every job. Absolutely. That's a good note. And uh, speaking of SOC, do you remember anything notable at your time at SOC? A great class you took, a great professor oh, you that's had? A great, that's a great uh, that's a great question. Do I, have, do I don't I have think we, we asked that last oh, time. Oh, man. So. You know, I tell you. I liked a guy named John Doolittle okay. who took broad, t taught broadcast journalism one. Okay. And he helped me a lot uh, at the time because I just didn't know. I knew print. Right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know broadcast very well. Right. And he, he was my first broadcast teacher, and he really helped me a lot. Um, and I could think of some other I took with, but it was so long ago. Good Lord. Um, legal aspects of journalism or something like that. That was a really interesting class. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of classes. Um, what what's the guy's name? Uh, I'll remember it in a little while. No, you're fine. Uh, and the Eagle, you so you worked at the Eagle for three years. I did. And how do you feel like working at the Eagle kind of prepared you oh, was, for what came after graduation? It, oh, it was great. I mean, I didn't know. You know, you learn really how to do a newspaper, how right. to write, how to mm -hmm. have a lead, how mm -hmm. to build a story. Yeah. And you know, it was a it was it was key. Even though I like I said I had switched my major at that point. Still, those three years were good. And, and the last year I did it, when I was a junior, I was one of the editors. Right. So I had kind of worked my way up. I, I oh, you know, I, I treasured my time with the Eagle. Yeah, that's amazing. They're so notable on campus, and they're still doing so many hard-hitting stories. So, so let me ask you this. Is, are mm -hmm. they online now, basically? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we have an Eagle in Spanish now. And yeah. I, yep. Yeah, so okay. it's really grown, and they I mean they do such a good job. So yeah, curious get, about that. Yeah, if anyone was interested in, in you know, um, applying to the Eagle, I just wanted them to know how beneficial that could be. So yeah, sure. that's awesome. And then I don't know if you know, but we're coming up on 30 years at SOC, so we're about to celebrate SOC's 30th anniversary. Um, I know, you know, having been a part as as a student, now you're an alumni and on the board. What are some of the things that you've seen that have changed? It can be good or bad, or what are you just excited to see change in kind of this world of, of media? Well, a couple of things. Um, the, the young people today are much more qualified than we were, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. because they just have access to so much more, and right. they're expected to do so much more, mm -hmm. and there is, you know, access to the technology and, right. the, and the idea of being able to do your own stories mm -hmm. and write and edit and do... You know, we were just on the cusp of that, but right. we didn't have the um, technology that you have now and the demand to be good at it. Right. You know, right. and so they're, they're, more, they're far more qualified because they have to be. And um, so that's the biggest thing that I've seen. Um, you got way better campus stores than we had. 
That's yeah, better campus yeah. stories. It's so funny you say that because even when, yeah, we've got some thumbs up in the back. Even when I was a student versus now being, uh, you know, someone who works at AU, I can see the difference of the stores. Uh, yeah, as a colleague for sure, I enjoy them a lot more than I was a student because it just keeps changing. They yeah. keep making it better and there's more food options. And, All of that. Yeah. And look, when we were here, when I was here, Mary Graden Center was where the School of Communications was. Right. And yes. so now you have this big, huge, fancy building. It's very nice. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just a much better facility. Absolutely. You know. And you've done some things in MIL. I believe the news game that you did. Um, oh, that's that was, right. That was I in did our, do that. That our, was our Yeah. Our Media Innovation Lab is called. We call it MIL. Um, and now we have MPC, which we're sitting in today. So there's just so many cool yeah, things that, yeah, that have advanced and, you know you got to compete for students so yeah you absolutely have, to have, to have the facilities and is there anything you're excited to see happen to see change that you hope to see happen now that's interesting um we will see okay as i you know delve deeper into an experience as an alum right you know i wasn't always all that involved when i was working full-time i didn't have time really to to do it so now that i'm semi-retired i will see if there's other things that make it more interesting to me. Yeah. Um, I will tell you that when I was here, I never had a black professor, right? The four years I was at AU, never right. did. Right. So I'll be interested to see, Is that it looks like that's changed. Right. So I'm glad to see a more diverse yeah. faculty than what was that's great. when I was here. Yeah, and um, in terms of that, and just in the journalism world, do you feel like there are parallels there where you wish you could see a little more diversity, or how do you, well, how mean, do you feel you about know, that? It, it's, it comes and goes, and I've been in a bubble yeah. living here in Washington for the vast majority of my career. So, you know, in Washington, it's it's been ahead of the curve in terms of diversity. You've got all kind of anchors and people on, the, on camera and behind the camera and doing things. There's all sorts of different kinds of people. Yeah. When I travel, I notice that there's very much fewer, you know, anchors of color, right. whatever you want to call them, uh, on the air yeah. in, in other towns. Right. And that's just how it is. Yeah. So, you know, it would be good if it was better, but it is what it is. Right. And then in, in the, we're on the topic of kind of technology and, and digital media changing, um, I know there's a lot, and you could totally talk about if you feel there are some negative aspects of kind of this world shifting into this very online technology focused but do you believe that there's you know positives to that in this world of journalism oh, that's a good question there's you know the media is changing there's you know conversations about ai and film and how how can we use it and how can we avoid it so is i, I was just curious if there's anything you is believe anything positive like pros and cons you know i tell a story mm. many years ago the late great jim vance who is the reason i got into journalism yeah He's now passed on, unfortunately. Um, he was nice enough to take me on a tour of NBC4 back in the late 70s when I first started, when I was a freshman here at AU. Right. He took me on a tour. And we walked around NBC4, and we got to where they were cutting film. This is how long ago this was. They were still cutting film. Right. And he said, eh, you know, they're changing over to, to uh, videotape. I don't know if I like it. It's going to cost <laughs> guys jobs. Yeah. Right? Well, okay, yeah, but the fact is that that's why they used to say film at 11, right? Because the film wouldn't be developed until later on. Yeah. You couldn't even, so the fact that you went to videotape, right. that was a, a, a huge leap forward, right. right? So my point being that a lot of the changes are going to seem unsettling at first, right? right? And they are going to cost jobs and change jobs and right. make things, but you can't 
who would go back to film, right? right? I mean, right. so now you don't do videotape anymore. Now it's all digital, right? So, you know, it's the, the, the technology, I think, mostly has made it better. Um, now, you know, are we a little bit uh, overwhelmed by some of it? And is it, you know, people, people tend to, you know, people are going to overdo everything, right? And, and yeah. that's just how human, humans are. Um, but I still think we're better off for having better technology to bring you the news if we can find a way to get around the fake news and the, the right. uh, you know, the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, computer-generated right. things and right. all this. If we get around, we got to figure out how to, how to handle that. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I, I can't help but believe that for the most part, we are better off with better yeah. technology. Right. It's almost like we have to, the everyday person has to act like a journalist in terms of fact checking and just kind of put that responsibility on yourself yeah. to kind of sift through the information that you're getting. I was reading getting. something about this the other day, and one, one online blogger type said, look, what I do is make sure I read and listen to people I disagree with because that will force me to get out of my bubble and and and... The problem is, it's funny, I'll send, I actually am kind of a TikTok fan, so I'll, I'll be on <laughs> TikTok awesome. looking at videos, but I yeah. only look at comedy videos, right? That's right. all I look at, so that's yeah. all I get, Yeah. right? Yeah. Right, so, and and that is, that's the problem. Once the algorithms figure out what yeah. you want, then you're only going to get that. Right. And that, that doesn't challenge you, that doesn't expand your horizons, Absolutely. that doesn't make you learn things that you otherwise don't know. So... That's kind of the problem, that you get what you want rather maybe yeah. than what you need. Right. And that is the question. Yeah. This year, so uh, you made a gift, this campaign, The Change I Can't did. Wait. And it's uh, to help journalism students of color at SOC. So can you just give us a little background about what inspired you to give back? And this goes back to our episode of Our Time to Give Back. How do you feel like this gift will have an impact um, on, well, on SOC? Well, you know, as I've said before, uh, you get to a point, this point in your life, I'm 64 years old, and you start thinking about legacy. You start thinking about, well, what am, what am I leaving behind for the students? What, right. am I, what am I contributing that's beyond stuff that's just for me? Right. right? Yep. So that's why I did that. And um, I felt like this is my alma mater. I want to help, help the university. Because to be honest with you, um, there was always a little bit of... Um, mm, I had some mixed feelings about American University. I was lonely here, mm -hmm. right? And um, part of it was my fault because I lived off campus. But other part, they were just, you know, I just didn't know that many people. And, yeah. um, and I said, as I said, I never had a black professor. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, was, I had some bad feelings about that. But I said, I can either help change it right. and make it better for the students that came after me, or I can go, you know, focus my attention elsewhere. And I decided that it was worth it to help change it and I saw the Black Alumni Association doing a lot of things I said this is worthwhile right so that is why I decided to contribute and try to help make things better mm -hmm. for the students that are here right I love that and how, what do you hope to see happen with this this gift do you hope I it hope continues? that maybe a student that didn't have an opportunity to go to the National Association of Black Journalism Convention or some other event that they'd have an opportunity to do it. Right. Because doing those things when you're young and can't afford it, that's when it's even more important. I started right. doing that when I was in my 30s. Yeah. Right? When I, I had a little bit more success and a little bit more money. But 
it would have been great if I could have done it in my 20s or even as a college student. Right. That it would have been helpful for me. It yeah. You know, and maybe might get me some contacts or get get the get the student some some uh, visibility or some kind of uh, ability to get a job or some do some networking and that sort of thing. Right. So that, that was the whole idea of it. Right. Love that. We didn't really touch on this last time. I kind of wanted to touch on it this time. Um, in terms of this world of journalism and, and kind of starting from when you were a student, internships to graduating, and then your professional career path, because there's, I guess, so much exposure these days for a journalist, you know, you have your social media channels. If you're doing any stories on your own and you're filming and you're editing and doing all that, can you give some insight on kind of the the path of professional growth and how you can brand yourself oh my God. today in this in you this know, industry? I got to tell you, that's something that I didn't have to do, right? I mean, when I came up, and though I followed a pretty non-traditional path, I got, uh, I, I mean, I did get, you know, entry-level jobs, and then I got a bigger job, and I got a bigger job, and I got a bigger job, but I never went to a small market. I never did that. I never even thought about branding myself. Right. I thought about what stories am I going to get? What, you know, what's, mm -hmm. some, what's a job I'll enjoy? What is, right. you know, I, I didn't, we, that was not branding. That didn't, no one had heard of that. Right. Right. You know, so I didn't have to do it. So when kids talk about that, I'm going, oh, good luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just something I never really had to do. I think right. my brand was always good ideas, good conversation, yeah. fairness. Yeah. And that was it. You right. know, and, and, and so, I, you know, it's just interesting to me where this is. Yeah. You know, I, I can't really contribute much right. to it because right. I, I had to, didn't yeah. have to do it. Well, do you think uh, some of it might have to do with just kind of how you carry yourself as a person? Do you think like the way you work in the workplace kind of translates to, to you know, how you're going to be in, in terms of like brand? Well. Self-branding rather? Look, how you treat people, how you deal with people. Yeah. That is, the, to me, that is your brand, right? So, for example, many years ago, I was covering uh, 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 a story about a woman who had lost her daughter. And I had to go and try to get her to talk on camera. So, it's a very difficult time, right? You don't know how to, how do you manage that? How right. do you navigate that? So what I did was I told my cameraman at the time, you had actual camera people who would come with you and shoot the story right. for you. And I'd do it myself. Um, and had him wait in the car. And I went up yeah. to her house. And I said, look, this is the worst time of your life, right? Do you think you might have something to say? Yeah. And she did. Yeah. She invited us in. Now, if I had showed up there with the cameraman rolling and doing all that, right. then she wouldn't have wanted to do it. Right. Or she might not have. Right. So it's just how you treat people makes so much difference. Yeah. Can you actually speak a little more to that um, in terms of kind of covering something that might be tragic or difficult for somebody else? Just any, that was a great little tip of just don't bombard. Right. Um, but do you have any other tips? Because I know uh, people yeah, going through the journalism you know, deals it, with a lot. It is a, it is a lot. And yeah. today, you know, people are so used to being on camera and right. talking and so right. forth. It's, I think it's actually <laughs> right. easier yeah. Yeah. than it was. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Many years ago, there was a murder in D.C., uh, this woman named Catherine Fuller was killed in a grotesque way in a back alley in D.C., and they convicted these young people who may not have done it. Now, they start to think that they may not have done it. But anyway, they convicted these young people. And one of the guys was sentenced 35 years to life. Yeah. His mother was there. And so I was, at the time, working for WHUR Radio. I was mm -hmm. a reporter. I was covering the trial. And I said, I got to get her to see if she'll talk. Yeah. Now, you know, come on. 
right? This is, again, worst day of her life, yeah. right? And she was walking down the street. I, I'll never forget it. She was walking down the street near the courthouse, and I walked up behind her, and I told her who I was, and yeah. I wondered if she would talk. And she said to me, I feel sorry for you that you had to come up to me and ask me that. I was like, okay, right? She wasn't, she wasn't going to talk, but I just was like, good Lord, you know? I mean, but yeah. there's no substitute for being polite and yeah. being fair and just trying to come at it as best you can. As I like to say, be a human being. Be, you're not, you know, you just yeah. be a human being. And yeah, yeah. Some, it's very, very difficult and no one likes doing it. Right. But if you're a human being and you treat people fairly and kindly, yeah. you know, they may say no, but you can feel good about how you handle yourself because quite frankly, it is part of your job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe if, you know, I don't know, maybe I could have got her to talk if I tried to persuade her. I didn't. Right. Right. I was, I, I took everything I had just to go up and ask her. Yeah. You know, so you know, but again, be a human being and do your job at right. the same time. Does be a human being kind of align with kind of knowing when to step back? If someone is, is just not, you know, if similar situations like that, do you ever feel like, okay, this is the time to just step yes. back? Yes. You know, it's so funny. I these, so these stories just come to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Many years ago when I was working for HBO Real Sports, we were doing a story on um, – Helmets for pole vaulters. Apparently, in high school, they don't wear helmets a lot of times. They didn't back then. And if they fell back into the pit, yeah. they could be killed. Yeah. And so we were interviewing the father of a boy who had died. And the producers, what happens is, at that level, producers have an idea of what they want. They give you questions, and they know what answers they want. So this, this fellow wanted the father to... He had apparently done something in the past where he showed with his hands how the boy had fallen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was trying to get him to do it, and he wouldn't do it. And the producer was like, ask him again, ask him again. And I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. He's, you know, he's this dude. Look, this man could not go in the boy's room, right? Yeah. He, he couldn't. His mother could do it. Yeah. He couldn't go in the room. Yeah. So I wasn't going to push it. Right. You know, so sometimes, right. yeah, you got to have yeah. your own judgment and then make a decision Step that you're just not yeah. going to push it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all those stories in in your career. So we've, we've talked about kind of the journalism interviewer, commentator writing. Do you feel like you've all of the skills that you've touched on with all of those jobs were kind of piggybacking, piggybacking off of one another? Do you feel like you felt like you were going down different career paths or how is that? To a great extent, they were piggybacking okay. on each other. Mm -hmm. um, for example, um, my first anchoring job in television, I, I was uh, at uh, WJLA mm -hmm. uh, working weekends, anchoring mornings and uh, weekend mornings and reporting during the week. And, you know, I had never really anchored much before, so I was not that great at it. Right. right? I had to learn. And then I got a job in New York anchoring mm -hmm. overnights okay. um, at ABC News. Mm -hmm. So if I hadn't got the job at Channel 7, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do the anchoring of the overnights. Right. Anchoring the overnights for two years got me, made me a much better anchor so that I could get the job at Channel 9. Love that. So, mm -hmm. you know, they definitely piggybacked on yeah. each other. That's great. Um, and then 
want to go into your podcast oh, that you just <laughs> launched. So it's called, you don't hear that every day. Yes. And um, can you just, first of all, can we talk about that title and just kind of what it embodies and, and what you would like the podcast to, sure. to kind of reflect? I, you know, um, I agonized over the title, right? Yeah. I went back and forth yes. over different things. Yeah. And then I was just lying in bed and it hit me. Yeah. Oh, what about this? And so I went with it. Now, yeah. some, some of my friends said, oh, that's dumb. But <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of clever. A lot of opinions. And yeah. I, you know, I, so I went with it. Um, the idea behind it being, I was hoping to get interesting ideas that maybe hadn't gotten a lot of traffic. Okay. Right? Things that, you know, you haven't heard. For example, the first one was I talked to a former Washington Redskin, now mm -hmm. Commanders, um, about his decision or his idea that if he had it to do over again, he would not have played football. Wow. And this is a guy who was a star. Yeah. Right? To Charles Mann. He had been, you know, all pro. He'd been, right. you know, he was an all-time sack leader for right. the team. Oh, got a great guy and a really nice man. Um, and he, I said, I asked him once. I just, we were talking because we would, had worked together on some things. I said, would you have played? He said, absolutely yeah. not. I said, oh, that's, that's so unusual. Wild. Yeah, because right? especially after time, seeing how his life played right, out, too. You know, yeah. most of the, he said, no, I could have done other things. And he's a smart guy. He probably could have. He said, look, Interesting. you know, I've had 26 surgeries. Wow. He said, I've missed time with my family, wow. trying to rehab. Yeah. And, trying to, and this is since he stopped playing. Right. So he, he felt like it wasn't worth it. Yeah. It wasn't worth it. But he did say at the end, I said, so if you were 20 years old today, and had a chance to play football, the kind of money these guys make now. Yeah. He said, oh, yeah, I'd play. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah nowadays it's said, so much more than the playing. Said, it's the sponsorships. Well, and, right. But yeah. he said, look, he said, I would play. But he said, look, we played hurt. We did all these things. Mm -hmm. And guys now, he said, if I had a hangnail, I'd be sitting out. Wow. You know, yeah. He said, it's a different day. Yeah. You know? So I thought it was very interesting. And that gave me, kind cool. of gave me the idea. Yeah. You know, now that I'm trying to put the podcast out, I am finding it very difficult to reach people. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can't. It used to be if you saw somebody had a byline, you could just call them. I know. Now yeah. you can't call them. They're not around. That's, I'm like, wow, this is really tough. Yeah. What, what, what has happened? Yeah. It, on the topic of self-branding, it almost feels like it's like you have to be your own marketing person when you start your podcast, figure out how to distribute. And, it, you know, it starts to take aspects of kind of every entertainment industry <laughs> field. Yeah. And you put them all together to try to get this advertised. But... That's amazing. And then any reason why you wanted to shift into the world of podcasting? Well, you know, it wasn't like I was doing that much else. Right. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, I just felt like I had more to do. Yeah. You know, I had more things I wanted to talk about, ideas I wanted to discuss. And I, I've done, this is my fourth podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, you know, for various reasons, the others did not work out. Okay. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give this one more try. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll say, you know what, I, I, I gave it a shot. Okay, that's so, well, great outlook. I feel like, yeah. yeah. So that that's that that was my that's great reasoning. And then as you kind of experience the world of podcasting, well, you've, this is your fourth. Do you feel like there's parallels to the world of journalism? That's a very good question. You know, I see so many. First of all, there's 85 bazillion podcasts, right. so yeah. I don't Especially know if you nowadays. get 200 yeah. people to listen to yours. I guess yeah. that's a success, right? Um, you know. Uh, you know, the parallels is that it's it's narrow casting, mm -hmm. right? That's the difference. It's yeah. broadcasting is broadcasting, right. right? Narrow casting is I got this one little segment of an idea that maybe a few people will want to listen right. to, right? And that's so it's a different thing. Yeah. So in some ways, it's 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 a parallel in terms of you're 
you're pushing ideas. You're trying to get people to, you know, listen and watch your ideas being right. discussed and developed. But at the same time, it's a very different thing because it's all you. Yeah. Right. And that was diff- that, that's been different from anything I've done in my career so right. far, you know, because it was always a collaboration between hundreds, of dozens or hundreds of people. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I'm excited for you. Good luck with it. Ugh, Let us I'll know. Need it. Let us know how we can help, as always. Okay. As a mentor, do you feel like what you put towards the relationship is kind of what you're getting? Is it you feel like it, it's got to be this give and take a little bit? You know, it has varied through. You know, uh, one intern I had named um, Anthony Rivera. Uh huh. He he and I became friends. This yeah. was years ago. He's now yeah. works at the Washington Post. Yeah. And his name sounds familiar. We yeah. became pretty good friends, and for, to the point where you know I went and had dinner with him and his wife yeah. over their house, and they had little kids running around. Crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really nice, and so you know that's that's the extreme where you know it really worked, yeah. and I was able to help him, and and it, it became good friends. Um, but you know some of them we had one conversation and I never hear from them again. Right. So it just depends. Right. It's, it, yeah. has, it, has, it, it runs the gamut. As yeah. Say. I mean I think it just it just depends on what is ex- what their expectation is. Yeah. If they think I'm going to get them a job. Right. Then they're probably not going to be happy. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, if they think that well this guy might know some things that can help me, mm-hmm. then then they are going to be happy. Right. So it just depends on what the expectation is. Yeah. And and also where they are and what they're up to and right. wh- whether there's some yeah. question I can answer or whether they yeah. are willing to call and ask. Absolutely. And we did touch on this last episode when we did um, episode three. We talked about how kind of setting your expectations at the beginning because that will probably eliminate some conflicts that would occur otherwise because just knowing what the other person is expecting I think I can as a mentor I can cater kind of what needs to come next or you know so if you're saying oh I'm in the job hunting process and I'm really I need a lot of help with that can be a lot better than not stating anything at all I agree with that yeah sure Uh, you know stating what you're looking for more than willing to look at your resume, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. maybe pass it along yeah. to mm-hmm. anyone I know, yeah. you know, all of those types of things. Yeah. So, you know, it's yeah. just, it's just, you know, I almost would say, it's like one of my buddies used to say, we were playing sports, he'd say, use me, coach, use me, put me yeah. in. Yeah, right. So that's kind of where it's it is. here. Yeah, we talk about it all the time and it's, it, you know, it's a free resource, so um, use it. But I really would recommend listening to our last episode because we did touch a lot on what makes a good mentor and mentee and what makes a bad mentor and mentee and just kind of laid it all out there. So um, highly recommend that. It's called Our Time to Give Back, and I will link it in our description as well. Um, Derek, is there anything else you would like to talk about before we close out? I think you touched on a lot of stuff. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Media in the Mix. Um, Having you back for part two was amazing. Let us know how the podcast goes. Okay, and, I will do that. And um, if you want us to feature anything on this episode of the podcast, let us know as well. We can do maybe a little sneak peek for an episode or something like that. Right. Um, and thank you so much. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Meeting in the Mix. This episode is premiering after the holidays. So happy holidays to everybody. And uh, we will see you in our next episode. And if you'd like to donate to AUSOC, go to giving.american.edu. Have a good one. 